people we are live it's the friday before the election can you believe it we're almost there this is the last weekend you'll have before the apocalypse so enjoy it folks get out there go camping eat some good food go dancing drink smoke whatever you do this is the weekend to do it because the zombie invasion starts at about 8 p.m eastern on tuesday night and then we don't know what will happen after that i actually did uh, stock up on uh, ammunition yesterday. Uh, I saw this ridiculous story. Did you see this? That Walmart stopped the sale of guns and ammo because they're afraid that the looters are gonna break into the stores and steal the guns and ammo. I mean, the level of insanity that we're dealing with right now is is actually off the charts. Like, you can't make this up, idiocracy too. We're in it. Like, people buy guns and ammo so that they can protect themselves. That isn't to say bad people don't buy guns, but the guy who's buying the gun right now at Walmart or at the gun shop or whatever is buying it most likely <clears throat> to protect his family, to protect his property, et cetera, et cetera. He's going to Walmart buying it legally. He's, the, he's not the guy that's buying the gun at Walmart to then run, out, run around and loot and shoot people and the rest of it. Those guns are already out there. So Walmart is literally actively stopping people from being able to protect themselves. Also, we're seeing all sorts of uh, videos and pictures from, a, from across the country, actually. New York City, DC, Seattle, Portland, everywhere, where everyone's boarding up stores again. And it has that feeling of, remember a few days before all the rioting started happening way back when, it seems like a lifetime ago, only four months ago or so because of uh, George Floyd, um, there was like a two day window where suddenly everything was being boarded up and it was like, well, wait a minute, if we know this is about to happen, then why are we letting it happen? Shouldn't we maybe be a little more proactive about stopping some of this stuff? So we seem, we seem to kind of be in that situation again. Uh, anyway, so what we're doing today, you know, normally I do the direct messages Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. We did, we did Monday this week as well. And I, I sense for the foreseeable future, we may be shifting to five days a week because, uh, I know that a little bit of. A little bit of sanity is needed these days. Uh, I don't know by me doing more shows if that provides my team with a little more sanity. That's uh, up for debate, but we'll deal with that internally. We have a system and a process for that sort of thing. Uh, anyway, I wanna do a live Q&A today. So we've already got about 30, 40 questions from rubenreport.com members. If you wanna jump on the Ruben Report community right now, you can still submit questions and they can get them to me while we're here. I'm gonna try to plow through as many as possible and not be too winded. Obviously, there's a lot about the election. Uh, but I do want to do two quick things before we start, because there were there were two videos that I saw this morning that I was just like, all right, these are the types of things that people need to see to sort of show you the media level of crazy and then the political level of crazy. Oh, and by the way, guys, I'm wearing a flannel again today. It's Friday. And, you know, when I wore a flannel the other day when we did that impromptu thing and I had my cap on and everything, people were people were very excited. They loved it. They loved Lumberjack Dave. A lot of people wanted me to grow out the beard a little bit more but they loved the flannel, Dave. It's a little cool here in LA. And I thought, you know what, Dave? That's, I say to myself, Dave, what, what are you gonna do? You're gonna give the people what they want. So here you go. It's flannel, Dave, again. Okay, uh, so this first video, this is CNN's Don Lemon, and he was talking to Chris Cuomo, who's just the worst. It's, it's hard to figure out who's the worst at CNN, but I've, uh, I've done the math. We, uh, we charted it all out. A squared plus B squared equals CNN is stupid. And, uh, I would say Cuomo is the worst, but Lemon, Lemon's pretty close. 
Uh, and this one's a little personal for me. So uh, let's take a look. This is Don Lemon talking to Chris Cuomo about why he's got to get rid of friends who are those nasty Trump supporters. Look at what's happening to them. We have to help them. They're all getting killed by this. Now it's happening here. Yeah. It's happening here right now at his own damn rally. You know what the sad thing is? And I'll be honest with you. Um, I, have many, I have many people who I love in my life. And yeah, I come from a red state. I've lived in several red states. There are a lot of friends who I had to really get rid of because they, they are so nonsensical when it comes to this issue. They have the whole, every single talking point that they hear on state TV and that they hear from this president. They repeat it and they are blinded by it. And I just, when I said to you the other night, there's no way they can't believe it. They can't, you know, I was just goosing you in a way, right? You know, they say I was, you know, um, Goosing, I was breaking works. your, you know, you goosing know works. About. It won't, it's okay. not like that'll be all over the internet. Continue. <laughs> so, hey, but here's the thing. Um, I, I had to get rid of them because they are too far gone. I try and I try and I try. They'll say something really stupid and then I'll show them the science and I'll give them the information. And they still repeat those talking points. And all the while, the state was a hot spot. Many, if you look at the information that we put up last night that came up yesterday, showed you how the red states have now taken over where the blue states, where people came in because there are bigger cities and there's more transmission, obviously, where, where, there are, where people are closer together. And so now the red states are the problem. And I just, I had to get rid of a lot of people in my life because sometimes you just have to let them go. I think that they have to hit rock bottom like an addict. Right. And they have to want to get help. They have to want to know the truth. They have to want to live in reality. They have to want to be responsible, not only for other people's lives, but for their lives. So, you know what? I have had it's so sad. And I don't know if after this I will ever be able to go back and be friends with those people, because at a certain point you just say they're too far gone and I got to let them go. And if they're willing to come back and if they're willing to um, live in, in reality, then I will welcome them with open arms. But I can't do it. I can't do it anymore. All right. So first off, I, I apologize for subjecting you to two minutes of CNN. So, you know, that one, it's on me, folks. I, I apologize for that. Um, there's a lot there. First off, uh, he referred to state TV, the implication that you're getting a lot of stuff that's pro-Trump from state TV. I don't know what could possibly be closer to state TV than CNN. But all right, let's put that apart, uh, aside because that's obviously not what this is really about. Uh, this this idea of dropping friends, that you have to drop friends over politics. He says specifically that he got rid of a lot of people. They have to hit rock bottom like an addict. Now, uh, I've talked about this a lot, and it's, it's in my book, of course, that you should actually do everything possible in your life uh, and everything that is manageable without selling yourself out to make sure that you don't lose friends over politics. But what Don just showed there is what is so consistent with the lefty thinking, which is, if you're not with me, you're against me, and that you're somehow an addict, and you're crazy, and you have to hit rock bottom, and you're awful, and all of those things. You're deplorable. Uh, and that is very much a difference of what I would say is the modern lefty mind than, than the modern mind of, of someone on the right, the righty mind, let's say. And the reason for that is that people on the right generally don't think that politics is the end all be all of everything and that what you, every little political decision you make is gonna kill you or kill someone else or something like that. And this is seriously dangerous. By the way, these are the very people, I mean Cuomo and Lemon and these lefties, these are the people who would say that they're the tolerant ones. But in essence, what he's saying there is he's the least tolerant person, right? Like how could you be less tolerant than saying to friends, 
I'm not going to be friends with you anymore because of your political beliefs, as opposed to saying we have differences of opinion, but perhaps I know you're a good person. That's why we were friends in the first place. And let's try to work it out. By the way, I have had many friends drop me over the last couple of years. I've had acquaintances drop me. I've had issues with family members, all because I'm just saying what I believe. Now, for those of you guys that watch this, you know I'm not saying anything hateful, but if, if your side has run around calling everyone Nazis uh, for five years, well, then you might start thinking that people are actual Nazis and then you won't listen to measured people. So that's why someone like me is thought of as, as too dangerous at some level, which as anyone watching this, you know that that's just complete, complete nonsense. I will just add in one other thing here, which is that Don Lemon and I used to be friends. We, we were friends. Um, so I take no great pleasure in this, but we hung out in Atlanta, we hung out in New York City, we went to bars, we went to dinner a couple times. Uh, and then one day, about two years ago or so, I just noticed he unfollowed me on Twitter. There was no, oh Dave, I think you're getting this wrong or any private exchange of anything. I've never mentioned this publicly before and I don't really, it, I don't really care. I, I mean, I have plenty of friends, you know what I mean? I, I think I said it on the show yesterday. I mean, one of the things that I think has kept me grounded through all of and the hate and losing friends and whatever it might be is a when you start standing up for what you believe in you find all sorts of new friends so i have plenty of new friends but also my my two best friends to this day are my buddy john who i met the first day of kindergarten i remember meeting him and so we were like four or five years old we've been friends for 40 years right so that kind of keeps me grounded and and my other good friend is is my buddy ari who moved to town when we were in third grade and now 35 years later uh, we're still good friends and they're not political in any way other than they care about it at a cursory level and they're sort of interested in, in what I do and that sort of stuff. But like it doesn't dictate our, our friendship by, by any stretch and there's, regardless of who they voted for, it would not be a referendum on our friendship. I think you guys know that in your own life and, and this is one of the things when I say that those of us who are not woke, right? Like if you're awake and not woke, one of the little things we can do is just be a little bit better. And I think if you just watch that Don Lemon clip, you would understand it's not that hard to be a little bit better than these guys. Uh, all right, I wanna throw to one other clip and then I promise I'll get to the questions and I'll do it uh, in a quicker fashion. Uh, this is Joe Biden yesterday giving a speech. We're just gonna play about a minute of it here because there, there's so many wrong things that he says here. Uh, but also we tried to count, try to count the amount of times while he's reading off a teleprompter that he slurs his words. Now, I, I'm not saying that is or isn't anything specific, and sometimes reading a teleprompter can be difficult and everything else, but just catch that, if, if nothing else, but then also listen to, to some of the overtop rhetoric. All right, here we go. We need to vote for the legacy of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. She was proof that courage, conviction, and moral clarity can change the world without being vicious and mean. She and Justice Scalia disagreed on everything, but they were friends. They disagreed. We got to get back to that. Politics has become so ugly and mean and disruptive. But we can be the voices for justice in her name. We have to make our voices heard. You have to vote. You have to vote because while Donald Trump fails to condemn white supremacy, we can deliver on racial justice. Donald Trump, he doesn't believe there's any such thing as systemic racism as a problem. He won't even say black lives matter. Well, you know and I know black lives do matter, and so do others. That's why this season of protests has broken out all across the nation. 
God, there's just so much dribble there, Joe. Okay, put it, putting the slur stuff aside, doesn't matter. Um, he says, politics has been ugly and mean. Two sentences later, he says that Donald Trump won't condemn white supremacists, which we know he has done a million times. And we know that Joe Biden has lied about this a million times. And we know that you're allowed to lie about very fine people on both sides on Twitter, and they're not gonna take your Twitter account down. Um, this is just, oh, oh, and this, he won't say Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter, we've been through this a million times, Joe. Joey, if you're watching, uh, Black Lives Matter, the organization is a Marxist organization that is in cahoots with all of the people that are burning down the cities that in many ways are the base of your party. Donald Trump believes that Black Lives Matter and that black people should have equality like everybody else, right? That obviously is what he believes. And by the way, that's why black people are gonna vote in the highest numbers ever for Donald Trump. That's why Candace Owens has done something unimaginable with, with Blexit and, and all of the things that we see actually happening on the, on the streets. But then he gets into the, Biden gets into the systemic racism stuff. And it's just like, just because you say it, but this is what they do with everything. Just because you say it doesn't mean it's true. There are no laws stopping black people from doing anything, meaning that the system itself is racist. That doesn't mean we couldn't put more money into certain communities as far as education, or we could change certain things on the margins. Of course we could. Uh, but this idea that the system, Joe, if the system is racist, if the system is wrong and everything else, well, you've been in it for 47 years. What did you and your buddy Barack do? Apparently nothing. So why would anyone vote for your old bones? It doesn't make any sense. Ugh, it's just, it's just annoying. Okay, people, let's get to Q&A, and I promise to do it a little bit quicker than uh, everything else I've done today and in general. Uh, Emily asks, what will you do as a California resident if there's a blue wave, or as the internet is calling it, hashtag blue MAGA? I haven't heard of hashtag blue MAGA. I don't sense that will pick up. Uh, if there's a blue wave, well, I really don't think that there will be. I, I just don't. Maybe I'm wrong, people, and maybe the people that hate me will clip this video on Wednesday and prove me wrong. But I, I just sense that the base that voted for Trump last time, there's just no reason they wouldn't vote for him this time. Maybe a tiny bit of people, they're not happy with some COVID stuff or something, but the base is there, the enthusiasm is there, the rallies are there, everything else. And then when you take all of the middle people or some of the conservatives even who didn't vote for Trump last time, and people that I meet in Los Angeles, I met, we have friends who is, an, one of the, the couple, the male and the couple, is an extremely well-known comedy writer. And he is a huge closet Trump supporter after being a Bernie supporter. And the reason is because they forced him to do this diversity nonsense in his writing room, okay? Meaning that instead of hiring who the funniest people are to write a comedy show, he had to hire one black person, one trans person, one gay person, one Indian, blah, blah, blah. Nobody's against those people having jobs or being in the world of comedy. But he said nothing was funny because all they talked about was how everything was offensive in every writer's room. That's the river, it's the death of comedy actually. Um, so I see, I see a lot of, you know, sort of the ex lefties that will vote for Trump. Um, but then also, you know, I've mentioned Glenn Beck did not vote for Trump last time, right? He, he is a big voice in the conservative movement. So he represents a certain amount of people. Ben Shapiro is probably the biggest sort of young conservative voice. And he did not vote for Donald Trump last time. He is voting for Donald Trump. Uh, Austin Peterson, uh, who was almost the libertarian presidential candidate last time. Uh, he did not vote for Trump last time. He is voting for Trump. I just saw, literally right before we started, 
uh, Clay Travis from OutKick, who did not vote for Trump last time, is voting for Trump this time. That guy, Dave Rubin, who did not vote for Trump last time, is voting for Trump this time. So something has happened, and if you think that is gonna be reflected in the polls, uh, as Scott Adams often says, there's probably a certain amount of people who are just messing with the pollsters because they hate the pollsters and they hate the media. By the way, I, I've been asking friends when we have people over for dinner sometimes. I know Gavin Newsom probably is gonna try to come for me for that, but we do have people over, we let them sit wherever they want, and sometimes we sing songs. Um, and I ask people, I've been asking people for weeks, months probably, have you ever been polled? I have had only one person out of probably 50 people in my life that I've asked about this, one person say yes. They said they got a landline call about 10 years ago. So who the hell are they polling? They were all wrong last time. The idea that they're gonna be right this time, I just don't buy it. I don't see any enthusiasm for Biden. I see a lot of enthusiasm for Trump and I see a lot of people that either voted third party, someone like me, or didn't vote at all, just saying enough of this leftist lunacy, I like America, I'm sick of all this, and, and there's only one guy that's gonna even try to stop it. Otherwise, you know, they'll bring critical race theory back, we'll get Title IX back, Joe will spend four years from the bunker, well it won't be Joe, but they'll be telling you about systemic racism, systemic racism and everything else. So it's up to you people, it's up to you, whatever you want. All right, that's that one. Um, Let's see, since Trump gave you a shout out, are you still gay? Trump, Trump gave me a shout out yesterday after my appearance on Fox and Friends super early in the morning. Uh, and then somebody was, some idiot was tweeting that I'm, I'm a grifter and if I was only given enough money, I would not be gay anymore. So I, I tweeted that, you know, that all they got, all they got basically is calling everyone a racist and a grifter. But I said, you know what, I'll, I'll play your game here. And if you start a GoFundMe and it gets to a million bucks, I'll bang a chick. Um, I don't know that anyone started the GoFundMe, so it was a little it was a little unclear. Although I did have an awful lot of girls offering to do it for free, so that that that's always nice, and that shows that that there's a warmth to to the people on the right that just doesn't exist with the people on the left. You know what I mean? Um, what are the odds of Maxine Waters and Adam Schiff losing losing their seats? So I pray that both of them do. Maxine Waters, who has been the representative from South Central LA for 44 years. She does not live in South Central LA. She lives in Hancock Park, which is a super elite, expensive area in a $6 million mansion as South Central LA crumbles. Uh, I had Joe Collins on, who is the, the young man, uh, Navy vet, happens to be a black man running against and grew up obviously in South Central, lives there. Uh, he's running against Maxine Waters. Uh, if you didn't see the interview, we put it up uh, last Saturday so you can check that out. His name's Joe Collins and he had a fantastic ad, much like that that Kim Klasick ad from Baltimore. Uh, so I hope it happens, but you know, beating these lifetime politicians and kicking them out of the machine is, is tough. Uh, as for Adam Schiff, well, I voted for Eric Early, the Republican candidate, and I hope Schiff gets booted and, uh, you know, even, even Bill Maher a couple weeks ago had Adam Schiff on and it was like, all my friends are leaving, the taxes are high, the state's crumbling, uh, what's the problem here? And Schiff sort of just sat there, you know, he's got those bug eyes and he, he really had nothing to say about it. Now the next step would be Bill Maher realizing that he keeps voting in and supporting candidates that are actually burning his own state, but one thing at a time here. Uh, how did you go about starting your tech company, Locals? So for those of you that don't know what Locals is, real quick, we decided to give tools to creators so that you wouldn't have to rely on big tech. So those of you that are part of the rubenreport.com community, we've got a news feed, we've got video player, audio player, you can communicate directly with me and you can comment and you can like. 
Uh, there are push notifications so I can directly get in touch with people. And if I was to be booted off all of big tech stuff, which who knows what'll happen. I mean, Biden becomes president and then the crazed left and big tech are now even stronger. Why wouldn't they just boot everybody off, right? Shut down, shut down the droids, execute order 66, why not? Um, so we thought let's give tools to creators to, to save themselves, to own their stuff. We don't own it. It's their content. We're just giving you the tools to build whatever house you want to build. And that's how we built Ruben Report Community. And then I went around and I started talking to some other creators and we've gotten a ton of great people on there. Obviously, Scott Adams is on there and Greg Gutfeld and Carlin Borsenko and Bridget Fetizy and Michael Malice and all sorts of people. But anyone can be on there of any political persuasion. Just don't break the laws of the United States. And it's your community. And if people come in and you don't want them there, then boot them out, just like you don't invite everybody to your own house. We're not trying to replace big tech. We're just trying to protect people from big tech. But to specifically answer your question, how did I go about starting it? I had the idea, I started, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate enough because of what I do here that I, that I know some people. I started talking to some people in Silicon Valley, although I didn't really fully wanna go that route because obviously they have a woke problem there and they've created a lot of the problem. But I started to talking to some people with some money and we, we raised some money and we're probably about to go into series A in, in a couple of weeks. Uh, but the company is blowing up, absolutely blowing up. We've hired a lot of people right out of the Ruben Report community, which has been great. And uh, we've got offices in Ukraine. Don't tell Adam Schiff. Don't tell Maxine Waters. Uh, but it, it's really blowing up and I'm very proud of what we've done. And if you haven't seen what we've done, uh, go to rubenreport.com or you can download the Locals app and you can find all the communities that are out there. And it'll be a way of me being always able to communicate with you regardless of what big tech does to me. Um, oh, this is a good one. Why do you think there aren't more classical liberals fighting against the crazy lefties? Um, fear, fear. It's, it really is that simple. Um, I know a lot of people, and I'm talking about people that you know, blue check people, perhaps people that have been on this show who are pub privately right now, they're supporting Trump in their own little world, or at least you know, in, in what they'll say in private conversations, but refuse to do it publicly because of the cost. I actually got a message this morning from someone that I really, really respect, someone I, I have on the show, I've had on the show uh, more than once, who I, I consider a good, decent, tolerant, moral person. And they actually wrote to me that they think I'm making the wrong choice by supporting Trump, but that me being brave is probably a, a bigger, more complimentary uh, comment at the moment because so few people are being brave. I don't know if I'm being brave or stupid. I just thought in America, you just say what you think. I really thought that's what it was. I actually still think it is what it is and that more and more people are gonna do it. But I think the classical liberals, I think in essence, the two things that sort of stopped classical liberals, I think, on the road from leaving crazy leftism, because everyone sees it now, everyone sees it. it. There were two things that, that sort of stopped them from sort of going full conservative at this point or, or full Trump or something like that. And I think it's abortion and religion. They just have like this, this real aversion to both. And I've tried to have honest conversations about abortion. I've tried to have honest conversations about religion. And I don't fear being around people that I disagree with. And I think for a lot of the, the classical liberals, the old school liberals, they're so obsessed with, with still being liked by people who would just as easily destroy them. You know, I mentioned the other day, there was this public letter written by I think 17 public intellectuals, you know, all sort of liberal types, the Steven Pinker crew. Again, I've had him on the show, I think he's a decent guy. And they're all saying that, that voting for Trump is wrong. And it's like, guys, Trump is the one that's actually saving the institutions that 
that you care about. It doesn't mean that Trump is perfect and it doesn't mean that will present other problems five years down the road, but I don't wanna be shot today. I'd rather think about how do we move forward? We'll deal with some of that in five years. So I think they're very short-sighted. I think they, they wanna go to comfortable parties and, and be thought of as the nice, tolerant, decent people. But I think that the rubber has met the road. And if you can't figure out which way to go at this point, if you're a public person and you can't tell people what you think at this point, it's not because it's not because the right is stopping you, obviously, it's because the left is stopping you. So it's on you. Uh, do you have any thoughts about the recent events in France and do you think there's any sensible solution? So, you know, this is barely being reported in the United States, but there have been a couple of beheadings, one at a church in France, and now, uh, you know, there's Macron, who's the prime minister, is basically trying to speak up a bit about Islamism and jihadism and the rest of it, stuff that we've sort of stopped talking about here for a while, but that Europe has a, has a separate problem with. Because in America, we've done the melting pot thing much better and we've brought people here and they've folded into American society much better than in all parts of Europe. But France has a particular problem with this. And, and by the way, all the Jews are leaving France and they're all going to Israel. So when I was in Israel last time, about four or five years ago, uh, every other corner that you go to in Tel Aviv is now like uh, a French bakery, basically. Um, so th they have all sorts of problems there. Um, will they actually stand up and stop this stuff? You know, this all sort of started, or at least was really put on the map um, when, when the Charlie Hebdo, the, the satirical magazine where their offices were stormed by jihadists and, and a bunch of cartoonists and satirists were killed. And the left sort of, most people on the left were kind of like, oh, don't poke the bear, don't draw those cartoons. And it's like this sort of, this is the soft bigotry of low expectations. Oh, if we do something these people don't like, they're, they, they're entitled or they have, should have some reason to kill us. This is what something that the West is gonna have to deal with. And I don't think there are any easy answers, but the more that you placate it, the worse that it eventually will be. But I also think that this is, it sort of gets to the earlier question about the classical liberals. There's a certain type of liberal thinker, I think, that thinks if you're just sort of nice enough to people that eventually they'll come around. And I just don't think that's a realistic way of looking at the world. P when people say they wanna kill you, when they wanna change your way of life, when they wanna change the system, you should listen to them because they're probably telling you the truth. And yes, you will be beheaded a little bit later than the guy who's speaking out against it, but rest assured your beheading is on the way. All right, I'm not doing these fast enough. Um, how do you think COVID restrictions and COVID life in general will be after the election? I mean, look, if Trump wins, I think they will. Trump will feel emboldened enough to be more outwardly telling the states what to do. I, I would still leave it to the states, but I think a Trump win might rile up enough people in each state, even in a place like California, where we will just stop listening to this buffoon that is Gavin Newsom, where in New York, they'll stop listening to Andrew Cuomo, who sent all of those people back into the old age homes and killed them and then wrote a book, dared to write a book, which he obviously didn't write, uh, but dared to write a book uh, about leadership in the, in the time of a pandemic. That, I mean, these people are just absolute clowns. Um, so I think if Trump wins, there will be a real push to open things up. Realize that it's on you as a business owner to decide what you wanna do with your business. You as an individual to decide what you wanna do. As a store owner, shop owner, et cetera, et cetera. Whether you wanna send your kids to, to baseball practice after school, all of those things, like let's get it back to the people. That would be the obvious answer to Trump wins. If Biden wins, I mean, A, well either, suddenly all the states will be like, oh, we can open up because Joe's taking good care of us because at some level, obviously, they've wanted to tank the economy to hurt Trump. I mean, that's just that's just real. That's just, it's, it's not not real, people. Um, so I think there could be some of that, but at the same time, 
Biden has has been using the fear about this thing. We need a federal mask mandate. And, and you know, you hear these people, we're going to shut down until 2022. Again, has your life been more affected by the virus or the lockdowns? And in almost every case, it's the lockdowns and the destruction of the economy and personal lives and keeping people in their houses and rates of suicide that are up and secondary diseases that people are getting because they're not being checked for diseases because they're not going to the doctor as often. I went for my freaking teeth cleaning. They don't even polish your teeth anymore. I had the full teeth cleaning and then they were like, oh, we don't polish anymore because it could spray some stuff around. It's like, you got a mask and another thing and a shield and, a, and now, so I got my teeth cleaned. You know, that's the nice, you know when you leave a, a, a teeth cleaning and you're like, oh man, that's good, that's good. It's like a bowling alley, mm-hmm, yeah. No, I left the teeth out cleaning. I was like, meh, didn't really do much. Okay, couple more real quick. What are you having for Thanksgiving? How many people will be there too? So this is obviously in reference to the other day, Gavin Newsom put these ridiculous regulations on Thanksgiving. Again, 15 days to flatten the curve. That's what they were telling us in March. Now they're giving us regulations for a month from now into November. You think there's a problem there, people? Are, are you tracking this? I'm not a mathematician, but I think the, uh, the numbers here aren't adding up. Um, I, we, uh, Thanksgiving is the holiday that we host, uh, for our family. We're going to host as many people as possible. I am going to do it how I want to do it. We're going to make a big ass turkey and we're going to have some serious stuffing and a lot of great wine. And, and if I can't get all my family here, maybe I'll have fans here. I don't know. We'll, we'll figure out something, but I am certainly, he doesn't want you to sing, no singing. And you have to have it outside. Like you don't own me. What, what gives you the right? You have no right. You freaks. I said, I called him a freak yesterday. A lot of people like that. So he is a freak. Uh, okay, let's back up real quick. Um, if you could change one and one thing and only one thing in 2020, what would you change, if anything? Woo. Well, I mean, look, this is cliche for me to say at this point, but I, I would want more people to realize the poison that is identity politics. The main driving force now between what the media and the democratic establishment and the cultural establishment is pushing on us is not only toxic, but it is a parasite that is eating the host. The United States is the host, and we have had a healthy body for 250 years that at times hasn't been perfect and is certainly not perfect now, but it's been a pretty good host to all of us. And we're watching an idea spread as if it's tolerant and as if it's diverse and good, and it's eating away at the fabric of society. And we need more and more people to wake up to it. And in many ways, I think the election is a referendum on that more than whether it's a referendum on Trump or Biden. Do you fundamentally think this thing is good and should we continue with it? And that oddly would leave you voting for Trump. Or do you think somehow we have to really, really change it? And the guy who's gonna change it is the guy who's been around for 47 years. As I keep saying, none of it makes any sense. So, so the wake up to how toxic this ideology is, how it is the true antithesis of everything that is American, that's what I would have loved to have changed in 2020. I think I, I did the best I could do. Um, oh, uh, let, let's do two or three more real quick. Uh, I like this one, uh, off politics. Do you believe in spirits, not ghosts or angels? In other words, do you believe that once someone you love has passed, that their spirit can communicate with you and you with him or her, albeit not in the traditional sense of communicate. So I'm gonna tell you a ghost story. So I've had one experience that I can only chalk up to a ghost story. I don't know what the hell happened in reality, but I will tell you one ghost story and then I'll tell you one story on, on belief and, and the rest of it. I was at my buddy, my buddy John, who I mentioned earlier, I was at his house and he lives in a, a house, sort of an old, uh, you know, couple story, but like old, 
Victorian kind of house, like sort of, you know, has like the, the hallmarks of it could be in like a like a horror type movie. I, I love you, John. This is not a con I, the house is a great house. You know what I'm saying? It's an old, older house. Right. And you've done great things with it. Um, but anyway, I was sleeping at his house once, probably about 10 years ago. And Emma, our old dog, was was still alive. She was sleeping on the floor. I'm sleeping in the bed and I'm in the guest room. And his girlfriend at the time had a uh, had a vanity at the end of the bed, you know, there was a desk and a vanity with like a mirror where she does her makeup, basically. I woke up in the middle of the night, <laughs> I'm not kidding. I, you know, I, I'm doing one of these, I'm waking up and I look in the mirror in the vanity and I saw an old woman combing her hair. I can remember the brush, it was like one of those bulbous brushes at the end and this old woman is just combing her hair in the mirror and I like freaked out, Clyde jumped into the bed, his hair uh, her hair was standing up on on the back, you know, when they when the dogs are all freaked out. And then the woman looked at me, and then and then I kind of freaked, and she disappeared. I don't know what the hell that was. Was it a ghost? Uh, you know, did I drink too much? Like, I don't know. But I can tell you that that experience, like that, is a real experience in my world. I know people have had all sorts of other other strange experiences. Um, as far as uh, spirits, um, believe in. Do I believe in spirits? I believe that there are all sorts of things about the human psyche that, that we don't quite understand. And I've had people that are very close to me. I had a good childhood friend who was killed in a motorcycle accident. Um, and a day or two after he died, I had this incredible dream where I was in a, in a limo with him and he looked like a million bucks and he, he died in a, in a pretty horrific uh, motorcycle accident. He looked like a million bucks. He was wearing this really sharp suit and we were sitting there and he had this big smile on his face. Um, and I, I was saying something like, you know, Josh, what's going on? And he's like, everything's great, man. Everything's great. And he just looked amazing. He looked kind of big, sort of like bit larger than life. And, and he just opened the door to the limo and got out and I couldn't see anything out there. Not that it was a white light, but I just couldn't really see where he was going. Now, maybe that's my, it's, it's the mind exercising. Oh, you just lost a friend. We've, the mind has to like negotiate how to like move forward in life when someone is tragically ripped away too young. Maybe that is some message from something. Like th this is one of those things where I'm, I'm open to these discussions, which is why I can talk to Eckhart Tolle about spirituality the same way I can talk to Sam Harris from an atheist perspective or uh, Ravi Zacharias from, uh, from a Christian perspective. I, I think there's something that, that everyone can offer in this arena. That, there's a little something for you that was uh, away from politics a bit. And uh, let's just knock out one more here. Um, oh, what is your favorite part from The Mandalorian so far and what are you looking forward to in the new season? So you guys know my feelings. The, the, Last three Star Wars, I loved Force Awakens, and then uh, Last Jedi was just a disaster, and then The Rise of Skywalker was just cleaning up the mess, and they actually did a pretty decent job of it. But you know, they've even admitted now that they didn't know what the arc of the story was, and they were just piecing together this whole thing, and it sort of loses any sort of cohesive thing. And you know, oh, he's you know, she's the granddaughter and blah, blah, blah. It's all just like, oh, we just wrote anything to sort of make everybody kind of feel good and, and whatever. So so Star Wars has been sort of tainted on me, although I can still go back to the prequels and the originals and, and love them. And I keep telling you, the prequels are looking better and better as time goes on. The Mandalorian, I liked it. I did not love it. I need, I need a little more, I need some Jedi. 
I, I need a lightsaber or two. I sense there may be a lightsaber or two. I've tried to avoid the spoilers online, but I think maybe a lightsaber or two is going to get in on this. Uh, but the, the look, the Baby Yoda thing is totally cool. I've always liked the idea of the Mandalorians. Boba Fett, there's a reason. I've got Boba Fett, my original Boba Fett. Michael, can you grab that real quick? Can I show it to the people? I've got my original Boba Fett. This is my childhood Boba Fett. I keep him in a very special glass container. This is my original Boba Fett. I probably got this in, you know, 1982. I was maybe four, five, six, something like that at that point. Uh, so that's Boba Fett with red rocket. That's not the rocket that shoots out that I'm told is worth. If you buy that thing, it's worth like five grand. This is just old school Boba Fett. Um, so, so I always loved Boba and there was, you know, everyone loved Boba Fett, right? Like there was something mysterious about this guy and then the prequels when they explain that he actually is the guy that, you know, was cloned and Django is, is, is his dad, but it's actually him, blah, 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 blah. Um, Mandalorian, I need, I need a little bit more. I don't know, get a little dirtier, a little, a little more violent, maybe a little grittier. I sense we're gonna get some of that stuff. Um, I, I hope we do, uh, I hope we do. But you know what, I'll take it though. It's, it's, be it's better than a lot of the last stuff that's come out. And I'm also not watching anything right now. I've sort of just like, are you guys feeling this too? Like that there's just like kind of nothing left on Hulu or Netflix. I'm just like tired of all, oh, let's start some other show with subtitles about a guy who has problems. Like, all right, I got my own problems, man. Like, so I, I'm, I'm sort of over everything. So I'm, I'm literally just watching Seinfeld again at this point. So I am looking, to looking forward to Mandalorian tonight. All right, guys, have a great weekend. Try to avoid the politics if you can. Get out there, enjoy yourself. Uh, obviously, we have, we have a really, really crazy week. Like joking aside, hyperbole aside and everything else, it's gonna be a crazy week. Um, the aftermath, no matter what happens, you're gonna see people who got everything wrong turning on other people. You're gonna see people who got everything right trying to destroy the people who got everything wrong. You're gonna see every version of that. I'm gonna try my best to, uh, to, to make some sense of it. Um, and I'm sure I will fail along the way. So hopefully you guys will keep me honest. Uh, but thanks, thanks for watching. And uh, and if you want to catch me this weekend, we, we do some stuff on the weekends on RubenReport.com. But I am off, I am off Twitter. All right, have a good weekend, everybody.